One of the biggest, most important soccer teams in the world is facing a huge scandal. We'll dive into that, plus break down how that one holding penalty, you know the one I'm talking about, may have cost Fox a historic night. It's Thursday, February 16th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. FC Barcelona is in first place in La Liga. They have won their last five matches, and there is talk that they could be relegated. The reason is not their performance on the field. It's that they are accused of bribing referees. José María Enríquez Negreira, que va ser vicepresident del Comité Tècnic d'Àrbitres entre el 94 i el 2018, l'investiga per corrupció entre particulars. On Wednesday, Spanish program Katie Jugues, on the station Ser Catalunya, revealed that documents show that Barcelona paid around $1.5 million to a company called Dasnil 95SL between 2016 and 2018. That company is part-owned by José María Enríquez Negreira, who was on La Liga's refereeing committee until 2018. According to the show, Negreira himself received around $571,000 in 2016, $580,000 in 2017, and $341,000 in 2018. The president of Barcelona at the time was Josep Maria Bartomeu, who resigned in 2020 after he was accused of tax fraud related to the signing of superstar striker Neymar and was investigated in 2021 by Catalan police for allegedly hiring a consulting company to improve the team's image on social media, but also to launch a smear campaign against some of the team's players. Now, Joan Laporta is in charge of the club, and he responded quickly to these latest allegations. The information, the news that came out of the Ser, said that the club Barcelona in the past had contracted the services of a consultant. Laporta said, yes, we paid that company for consulting services. Soccer teams do this all the time. There's nothing untoward here. And the only reason this is coming out now is that we are the top team in the Liga and other teams want to take us down a peg. Barcelona's claim is that the company supplied video reports on their young players in other Spanish clubs and reports about refereeing. Negreira has added some details and testimony to Spanish prosecutors, saying that he's advised Barcelona on how they should act around specific referees. And maybe that's a plausible explanation, but there are two pieces of evidence that look pretty bad for Barcelona. The first is that so far the consulting company has not been able to produce any documents showing that they perform the sorts of services that Barcelona says they paid for. Okay, not great, but not truly damning either. What does look pretty bad is that Barcelona had a streak of 78 games ending in 2018 in which their opponents were not awarded a single penalty shot. In that same span, Barca had at least 32 penalty shots. I got a bad feeling about this. During that period, they also won at least 28 games in one stretch without getting a red card. Another piece of circumstantial evidence which also doesn't look great is that Barcelona ended their consulting relationship with Dasniel 95 after 2018, which is also when Negreira stopped being on La Liga's referee committee. Barcelona said they stopped using the service due to budget cuts. On the other hand, it just seems crazy to me that you could get that level of preferential treatment for just half a million dollars per year, but it's also clearly true that Barcelona had a truly uncanny ability to avoid penalties for a stretch there. The potential consequences of this are huge. Barcelona already has a dicey relationship with La Liga because Barcelona is still trying to make the Super League happen, and La Liga president Javier Tabas has been one of the Super League's most vocal and powerful opponents. There's also some precedent here from Italy. In 2006, Juventus was caught bribing referees, and they were relegated. 
Since the 2004-2005 season, Barcelona has won 10 La Liga titles, Real Madrid has won 6, and Atletico Madrid has won 2. And that's it. No other team has won in that span. Barcelona has finished 1st or 2nd in La Liga in 17 of the last 19 seasons. If they are relegated, that would cut off a major revenue stream for them and make them all the more motivated to help start an alternative European league. Let's take a look at what else is happening. Phoenix Suns co-owner and chair of MSP Sports Capital, Jam Najafi, is preparing a $3.75 billion takeover bid for Premier League club Tottenham Hotspur, according to the Financial Times. The deal would value the club at $3 billion, while adding $750 million to the team's books and debt. MSP would put up 70% of the total, with a consortium of investors from Gulf countries supplying the balance. The BBC reports that the Spurs owner, Joe Lewis, has no intention to sell. You may soon be able to bet on the long-term success of FanDuel. The sports betting giant's parent, Flutter Entertainment, is considering a public listing in the U.S. The U.S. is now Flutter's biggest market, and at points during the Super Bowl, it was receiving 50,000 bets per minute. Checking in on at-home connected fitness, it's not just Peloton that's struggling. Tonal, which counts LeBron James and Serena Williams among its investors, is seeking investments or even a buyer at a valuation of $500 million. In March 2021, they raised money at a $1.6 billion valuation, and just a few months ago, they were seeking to raise money at a $1.9 billion valuation. Now they're cutting jobs, closing stores, and saying their worth is about a quarter of what they were going for in September. Heading to Australia, the National Rugby League and its Players Association have reached a five-year collective bargaining agreement for the women's competition. The league will commit around $82 million over that span to the women's game, which will see its minimum wage increase from around $21,000 to just under $35,000. The league's salary cap will grow more than 50% to just over $1 million, and there are a number of new provisions, including 12 months leave for pregnancy, that allows players to keep their contracts. Up next, we dive into what the Super Bowl means for Fox and the latest on NBA rights negotiations with our senior writer, Mike McCarthy. Well, that conversation right after this. Two thousand, two thousand eight, twenty twenty two. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. One thing is certain: it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over thirty one thousand businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on Netsuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. Netsuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, Netsuite. Netsuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improved their visibility and control when they upgraded to Netsuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash frontoffice right now. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. Okay, I'm joined by our senior writer, Mike McCarthy, back from the Super Bowl. How's it going, Mike? Great. Uh, FOS had a full team out there in Phoenix, and it was a hell of a week. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it a little bit. I mean, we talked while you were there one time. You said you, you someone attempted to bribe you to get close to the players. <laughs> right, um, yes. um, what was the rest of the week like? 
Yeah, it was a, a very, very fun week. I mean, to me, my takeaway, Owen, is the pandemic's over. Because uh, I went to two bucket list events back to back, Phoenix Open and the Super Bowl. And they were rowdy and they were fun and there were no masks. And everybody was just having a great time. So, I mean, it really felt like uh, the pandemic is over and the country's back. So we, we finally got some viewership numbers uh, for the Super Bowl. 113 million viewers tuned in on Fox. That certainly sounds like a huge number. It's about a third of the country. If you could truth serum the Fox executives, um, how do they feel about that, do you think? is that Are they happy? Is that about what they expected? Or what, what are they thinking? I think if the Fox executives had a ray gun, there would be a, a large hole in the back of the referee <laughs> who threw that holding flag, Owen. Because without that, they could have set the record. Let's rewind it here, right? So uh, it's third and eight. Mahomes overthrows Juju Smith-Schuster, in which case it's fourth down. The kicker probably comes on, makes a field goal. So now the Chiefs would be up three, and you'd have a two-minute drive by the Eagles and Jalen Hurts to try to tie or win the game. Okay, so that presents a a thrilling, dramatic finish in itself. Then if they don't get the touchdown and the Eagles kick the field goal, the game goes into overtime. So I think an overtime Super Bowl would have produced the single most watched Super Bowl ever of all time, beating uh, the Patriots and the Seahawks in 2014. Uh, What happens? The ref throws the flag. The last two minutes are totally anticlimactic. Uh, Mahomes takes a couple of knees, the guy comes on, boots the field goal, game over. So even though it had a lousy two minutes, it was a great game, and that's a great number. And yeah, there's the sort of hypothetical I hadn't thought about where let's say it's like fourth and three on the Chiefs 30, and, uh, and you know, Eagles are down by three. They have to decide, do they kick? Do they? Because yeah. they're the team that goes for it on fourth. Uh, would, would they do it at the highest possible stakes? Think about how dramatic that last minute in 50 could have been compared to what it was. You had an epic game. It could have potentially been the best Super Bowl of all time, as well as the most watched Super Bowl of all time. But the idiotic refs with the zebras, you know what I mean, threw a flag on a a totally ticky-tack call, in my opinion, and ruined the game. Yeah, yeah. So what does this mean for Fox? I mean, I feel like Super Bowls, they're always important. They're always a huge revenue boost for these whoever's broadcasting. But in a way, they feel even more important now. Uh, one, because the NFL is as big as it's ever been, and the ad prices are as big as they've ever been. But also, we're in this funny in-between period of streaming is supposed to take over at some point, but it really hasn't. And we saw CBS really pushing Paramount when they had the Super Bowl, and even a little bit, well, Fox had the Super Bowl. So what does this moment mean for Fox? It's... It's a a huge moment for Fox. The Super Bowl is huge for any network that gets it because it's truly America's unofficial national holiday. Uh, It's the the day when everybody watches television, just like it was 1960 all all over again. I mean, you talk about true serum. You give anybody the ESPN a true serum uh, shot over the last 30 years, they would say they're 
only goal is to get a Super Bowl. ESPN is about to get its first two Super Bowls uh, ever. They'll be broadcast and simulcast, of course, on ABC. But, I mean, it's the one game, the one event that every single uh, network will run over their grandmother to get. <laughs> We've got you on record on that one now. And I, I will resist the temptation to make that some kind of scale to uh, judge the, the next thing we're going to talk on, which is... Um, the so we we got reports and and we've talked about this before. You you were speculating about this. I think back in like November or December uh, that NBC is going to be aggressive in trying to get back the NBA. The NBA rights, of course, are coming up in a couple years. Uh, their contracts expire. Um, so how, how did that hit you? That NBC news. Calling John Tesh on line one. Fire up the round ball rock theme. I mean it's. It's like a shot of adrenaline. Uh, you know, for people of a certain age, the NBA on NBC was as good as it got. Uh, Bob Costas, that great uh, driving theme. Michael Jordan, the dynastic bulls. You know, you name it. It was fantastic television, fantastically produced, and really a highlight for the NBA. I, I think it's a smart strategic move by NBC because what they're doing is they're saying, hey, NBA, you went all cable. Remember when you left us 20 years ago? Well, how's that working out for you now with all these uh, cord cutters? It seems like uh, cable is not such a hot commodity anymore. So uh, NBC is going to offer them the one thing that they don't have enough of right now, which is the broadcast opportunity. I think it's a smart move by uh, NBC. Yeah, and it feels like it always felt like this was going to turn into a massive bidding war. Um, But... Uh, now we know that it's not just going to be Amazon, maybe Apple driving up the price. Uh, we also will have we're going to have Disney versus NBC, and that in itself should be a, a pretty fierce battle. And of course, TBS is in there too. And don't count out Fox. Fox would love to get into the NBA business, right? Fox is the only one out there that doesn't really have this whole streaming option, but they do have a broadcast uh, platform. And they would love to couple the NBA with uh, the NFL. That would be an incredible one-two punch. So, I mean, to me, the the two wild cards in this are Fox and NBC. You know, people tend to discount them because they're not as glamorous or tech or as big as you know as Google or Apple. But they're just good and smart and traditional. And don't count them out. Yeah. And, and do you think the NBA wants a streaming partner? The, the way the NFL said, all right, you know, we're, we're still obviously we're sticking with our, our main broadcast partners into the future. But we do want we, we want Amazon in there. Now they've got Google in there. I don't think that, Owen. I know that. Uh. I've had NBA people tell me directly they want uh, a streaming package. Uh, because, you know, even if streaming isn't here quite yet, as you noted in your opening, it's going to be here sooner or later. So these leagues have to you know, back up all their options, right? The the Apple deal for the NFL is not a deal for now as much as it is five years from now. And the NBA has to do the same thing. They have to carve out a streaming package, uh, you know, to ensure that that they have all their bases covered for the future. Also, to tell you the truth, it's a nice way to jack up their revenues too. I mean, these streamers are willing to pay more than traditional. So if they're willing to pay more and they could slice off a little – you know, regular season game package for them. It's a win-win for the NBA. And we've been using this 50 to 75 billion range over nine years in our, you know, our estimates around uh, what the NBA is going to be looking for. I, you know, you'd know better than me, but I, I have to think that it's going to be in the higher end of that range. 
Yeah, I mean, right now I'm predicting around $75 billion. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there's only one NBA. I mean, there's several leagues that are beachfront property. They're not making any more of them. They are what they are. And if you want a piece of them, you got to pay through the nose. That means the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, maybe MLS, uh, with the Premier League coming up on the outside. You know, those are the you know the things that are going to command money. I mean, NASCAR, you could throw them in the mix. Although, you know, some would argue that NASCAR is more regional. But don't forget, NASCAR's uh, rights are coming up. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of bidding, which is why uh, when you're starting to see everybody like Iger and Zaslav cry poverty all of a sudden. You know, you know, now all these media guys, well, I don't know if we should pay so much for the rights. Well, well who bid up the rights over the last 25 years? You did. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mike, love getting your insights. Thanks so much for coming on. Anytime. Thanks for listening to Front Office Sports Today. If you have questions for us or if there's a topic you'd like us to tackle on the show, let me know. I'm at Owen Poindexter on Twitter or leave us a review on Apple or Google. It will help other people find the show. We'll see you tomorrow.